What's up, everybody? It's time for another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Keefe. Today's podcast is an interview with D. Snyder. Check it out. And the Ghost Cult Magazine podcast welcomes in the great D. Snyder. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing very well, all things considered. Uh, you know, there's one thing this this whole COVID pandemic thing gives is incredible perspective on life, on the world, on everything. So uh, it's, I've, I've definitely had an attitude adjustment, and I'm happy just to be alive. Indeed. Same here. Also happy to be alive and kicking whatever 2020 brings. Um, uh, ho- I, I know you've been you you and your family have been through kind of the ringer this spring, but hopefully now that that's resolved, nobody in your immediate circle or the bands is sick or has been ill. If they are, I hope they're well now. This is just such a insane time. Yeah, I think you're referencing my daughter being uh, stuck in Peru with the Amazon jungles uh, for a couple of weeks. I mean, my, not just my daughter. 9,000 Americans, you know, uh, the government mentioned at the beginning, oh, a couple of hundred students. No, it was 9,000 people, Americans, were stuck in that country. And um, it's not a place, it's a, you know, it's a, when, when all's well, it's uh, Peru's a place, you know, I've done concerts there. Uh, I've, I've traveled there to Machu Picchu, and it's an amazing place. But when the chips are down, it's a dictatorship. It's a military government, and they revert back to the most base instincts in times of crisis, and the place is filled with cartel. So uh, when they locked the country down and went full military, uh, it was a really – so that's where I got my perspective on life. Got my daughter out safely, her snotty metal attitude intact, and I couldn't be happier. Thank goodness. And uh, yeah, and she factors into the DVD. You shouted her out a bunch of times from the stage. And uh, I know family means everything to you beside your music career. Well, Shy, uh, my daughter, my youngest, all my kids are metalheads, but she is by far the hardest, heaviest, most brutal metalhead of the family. I mean, she is just, she is so brutal that Josta bows down before her. <laughs> now, when he saw her playlist, I showed her, like, she'll send me, you know, dad's hardcore playlist she makes up for me. And when he saw what she listens to, he went, holy crap, dude, she's harder than I am. So she is just into the heaviest, darkest, most brutal music. So during the creation of uh, For Love of Metal, Shy was our sounding boy. He Everything we recorded, he would say, play for Shy and see what she thinks, like for the final test. And um, in the live DVD, I say to her, this, I say at one point at the end of uh, For Love of Metal, I say, this is the Shy Dirty Breakdown. Because when Shy heard For the Love of Metal, she said, uh, the first pass, she said, tell Jamie I need a dirty breakdown. I want to hear the ting, she said. And I don't know, I, you know I'm, I'm old school. I didn't know what she was talking about. So I said to, she come to Jamie, I said, he said, what should I think? I said, she said we need a dirty breakdown. She wants to hear the ting. <laughs> and and he says, guys, we need a dirty, Shai says, we need a dirty breakdown. And then we wrote the dirty breakdown at the end of the breakdown at the end of For Little Metal, complete with the, you know, the, the ride symbol, ting, bam, you know, that was for Shai, that was what Shai said we needed it. So she is awesome. 
Right on. That's what that's the that's the signal for everybody to punch each other in one second. <laughs> the ride. Yeah, I didn't understand. Explain it to me. It's a, something, it's, and it's such a, a delicate sound. It's probably one of the most delicate sounds on the drum kit. You know, to go ding and then have it followed by the most brutal moment in the in the song. So uh, it's it's a it's, it's a pretty interesting. Uh, but now I get it. Now. I totally get it. I'm like, yes, brutal <laughs> breakdown. Give me a dirty breakdown. Love it. Right. And it's got to be amazing to see people just go off, uh, not just to breakdowns, but your, you know, anthemic music, um, Bloodstock, Alcatraz, all these big festivals all over the world, smaller shows and watch people just lose their minds still to this day after, you know, you know, all these years of music. It's, it has always been amazing, but for me now, with my rebirth since the Love for the Love of Metal album, it's been even more amazing to see the enthusiasm for new Dee Snyder music, not just the old songs, and people singing and excited about the about the, the, the new stuff they're hearing. Indeed, and and you know, I'm I'm a huge fan of the For Love of the Metal album, and uh, I feel like it stands up to anything in your career. And uh, it is amazing to hear the classic D music and the twisted music alongside this this new stuff, uh, and especially to see it live on this DVD. Uh, the crowd reaction was phenomenal. The band is phenomenal. You sound as great as ever, or better than ever, maybe. I don't know how it's possible, <laughs> but yeah. Well, you know what? I'll tell you how it's possible. Uh, you know, and, and this is not a, a bragging thing. This is just a, uh, it's just a biological thing. Um, first of all, you know, I, I never drank and did drugs or smoked and, uh, and I wasn't a partier. So these things, and I've always led a healthy lifestyle. The first thing I bought when I struck it rich after a house and a car was a health club. I bought a gym, uh, that I used to work out and I bought it. And, uh, I used to go down there before the doors open and work out, uh, in the morning. So I've always been, had that sort of mindset, but beyond that, opera singers do not start singing opera till after 35. Their voice isn't considered matured, uh, enough to sing prior to that. So if you look at that and you, you take in a healthy lifestyle, really, you know, opera singers keep singing well into their 60s and 70s with power. So uh, Pavarotti and all these people. So I'm not saying I'm an opera singer, but I'm saying if that's the biology behind it, um, you know, that, that could be an explanation why I'm able to continue to sing strongly at this point in my life. Makes sense. And uh, again, anybody who hears this, uh, watches this DVD, hears the live album, you sound amazing, I have to say. Um, you know, I got credit. You mentioned that the twisted music and the uh, new music, and there's, and there's a Widowmaker song in there, there's a yep. cover of, uh, of uh, Highway to Hell, ACDC, but it all works really well together, and that is a credit to my band. Um, what started as a bunch of sidemen, somewhere during the two years together, turned into a band. And I kind of remember the day, my wife Suzette has been with me for 44 years, and she's been through it. You know, every every moment, every 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 single incarnation, anything I've ever done. And she came backstage at one of the shows. She says, "You know, they don't look like much, but they kick fucking ass." <laughs> and because uh, she's very old school, so she likes that classic, you know, rock look. You know, lean and mean, long hair, that whole thing. But uh, and I, I said, you know, she's right. 
She's right. It's just, and their attack and approach to the music through detuning and adding a little more and the twisted stuff here and there. Some, it just, it all sort of works together now. Plus, I chose to do the majority of the songs I chose were twisted. Well, the more metallic stuff like Under the Blade, Burning Hell, Fire Still Burns, You Can't Stop Rock and Roll, which are very metallic songs to begin with. Right on. And uh, of course, you know, like I said, all credit to the guys also. Uh, they bring their own thing and they perform. You know, it's not just you out there and they're just kind of looking at their fretboards and kits. They're actually performers also and singing all the way. And uh, well, this, oh, I'm going to step in here. First of all, it's name of my name. All right, Nick Taz Petrino on the guitar, mm. a friend of yours. Yes. Russ Pizzuto on bass guitar, who was Mark Animal Mendoza's bass tech. And the first day, I, I wasn't part, I had the, the Belmore brothers, Charlie and Nick, Nicky on drums, Charlie on guitar, the other two band members. They did the auditioning for the extra other two members. They rehearsed them, and then I came in. When I walked into the first rehearsal and I saw Russ there, I thought he was teching for the bass player. And when he picked up the bass and started playing, I said, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I'm in the band. And he just went, auditioned with everybody else, didn't let me know, didn't ask for any favors, got the gig. And I'm really proud of the fact that, you know, from from crew guy to in the band, which is, is a pretty cool uh, trajectory for somebody. Um, but I never, you know, there are people like Ozzy Osbourne, for example. Um, he, Sharon draws literally a square on the stage. I don't know if it's three by three or five by five. But Rudy Sarzo told me. And it's a, that's your area. After the first day Rudy was playing, first show he did, Rudy was all over the stage. She, he literally said, "You're this is your box, stay in it. So you'll, you see Rudy with Ozzy or anybody with Ozzy, they've got their box. Um, and that's a lot of a lot of front men who have you know so, solo bands or whatever, they lay down the law. I, they once say, I want you guys to challenge me. I want you all over the stage. I want you on the up on the out of the ego ramp. I want you. I want you performing at your maximum and push me to perform at mine. So to me, it's it's just it just and it gives the audience a much more entertaining uh, show than than having just the, the rock star front man out in front and everybody else is laying back like they're not anything wrong with it. But like Malcolm and Cliff and ACDC, you know, back at the amplifiers, that's a gig. But uh, I don't want that for my guys. Right on. And I think it also says a lot about you. I think you've always been kind of a man of the people type of frontman. where, you know, if it, if it wasn't this big festival stage and it was back to a little club tomorrow, you would be, you know, shoulder down, leaning into the crowd. Every, you know, the band is your band, obviously. And, you know, obviously it's your name and your music and your logo, but you know, you are just that down to earth. I think it's always come through in your music. It's come through in everything you've done. I mean, going back to like the eighties, like metal mania, you felt you always feel like one of the crowd, one of us. You are one of us. I, I, well, you know, it's where I started, you know, yeah. and it's where I started and why I wanted to be up there because I wanted to, I felt the energy and the connection from the band and the music, that, that magic moments. And it's so sad that that's lost right now. And I, I pray to God, if, I, if, I, if you believe in one, pray to whoever that it comes back in full force because that is rock and roll. That is metal. And it made me want to be up on the stage. And as a performer, as a front man, uh, 
try to bridge that gap between the band and the audience. And I, it's a, it's a, to me, it's a, I take pride in the fact that that I'm really good at doing that. I make, I, I'll get in front, in front of 75, 90,000 people and they will feel they are a part of what's going on. They'll feel connected to me. They'll feel that we have a rapport. And not a lot of frontmen do that. Indeed. Uh, I was feeling a lot of festival and show FOMO watching the video, the DVD just now, because uh, we cover Bloodstock every year. We, Ghost Cult has started in, the, in Europe, and we have a sizable UK crew that always covers Bloodstock and the big festivals. And seeing you out there, I was like, man, I don't know when we're going to get that back. I hope it's soon, as soon as can be safely, you know? Yeah, the live album at this time is very timely. And no, I'm not Nostradamus. I, I don't have, never had a vision or a prophecy. Uh, but I, I told management in 2019 spring I was taking off 2020 from live performing. Little did I know the world was taking off. And uh, they said, well, what should we do in the, you know, in the meantime? I said, well, let's film the shows this year and release a live record in the interim. And it really couldn't be a better time for a live record because we are all miss, feel like we're missing out. And, you know, here's a little, it's kind of a, a snapshot from last summer's festivities when thoughts of this were on nobody's mind. It was just, you know, it was just the, the community together in the, in the, in the crowd and just, just sharing a, a moment together, which is what it's truly all about. And, uh, so it will come back people. Um, you know, we got some, we got to go through some shit first before we get there, but, uh, it will come back. It's got to come back because we can't lose that. We can't lose that connection we all have. And, and you know, that's one of the things I wanted to do in the video. You've seen, you know, you've watched it. People haven't seen it. It's unique. I think in that it's filmed at like nine different festivals and it cuts from festival to festival day to night rain to sun, uh, Brazil to England, in one song, in, in a line. It bounces all over the world. And my intention was to show how universal metal is and the, and the connection we all have through the music, that we're much more alike than we are different. When you see the audience in South America, or you see the audience in Australia, or the United States, or, you know, or Europe, it, if, you know, except maybe for a little skin tone, you wouldn't know and there was any difference from the crowd. They're all metalheads. I love it. Um, one other thing that I really love about this set, and uh, I, I am so stoked and, you know, felt like I was getting like a wisdom bomb dropped on me watching this. I love the Q&A parts because uh, you talk very candidly about your life, you know, and you always have. But uh, there's a lot of real smarts in there you could get if you're a young music fan or you're trying to start a band or you want to hear how D did it. You really go into detail about your career and, you know, real pick it apart a little bit in a way I haven't heard done before. I'm glad you liked it. That was a, that's another interesting thing is the not the live CD but the live uh, D, DVD Blu-ray uh, cuts to interviews that I did uh, in Australia. A promoter had an idea of doing something called spoken and shouted. Um, I would do a live concert on day one and day two I would do in a, in a smaller venue do uh, a spoken word Q&A thing for, for an audience and what we did and looking back on it realized it, it, it really reflected on the the journey that I had taken in my life and that it brought me to this point for the love of metal and where I'm at now 
cutting away to these, these this, this Q&A that I did gave some, I, I think it shared some insight, like you said. And if it did share any learned wisdom, I, I would love nothing more than to share what I've learned with younger musicians because I believe that that music is as strong today as it ever was, uh, and it just needs, but it needs to be nurtured and encouraged. It's going through some serious hardships. It's not the scene that I grew up in by any means, uh, but still, it's just as vital and just as important. And we've got too many senior members of of the community saying things like rock is dead don't bother to pick up a guitar i think you know what i'm talking about uh and that's not our job our job is to live is to lift up and encourage and, and 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 motivate the younger people so if i can say something or do something or share something that opens their eyes and lightens it or makes their path just a little bit easier or maybe a little surer so they know okay this is what i got to do then i'm happy to do it Right on. Um, of course, uh, I, you said you were taking this year off anyway. Uh, is, are you working on new music? Is there plans for another D solo album? What's next for you? Well, I think people have learned that I, you know, at this point that, that I do many things, and I, they're often surprised by what I do next. Uh, even for the love of metal, stunned a lot of people because it was such a return to the truth. I call it the truth. Uh, you know, I've, 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 I've veered off the path. I've tried many things, insane things, um, things that I knowingly took, you know, did and said, like, I remember when I did Dito's Broadway, I took Broadway show tunes and, and rocked them out. Uh, and my manager said, who's going to buy it? I said, probably nobody. <laughs> and I was right. Uh, other than the Broadway community, pretty much nobody bought it. But I wanted to do it. I do things not just, you got to do things because, it inspires you. It motivates you. Um, so you know, I've, I've, I've written my first novel. You don't know, you know that, but a mm-hmm. fictional novel, which is being shopped right now. Uh, I've written a new movie, which I'm going to be directing. My first feature film. I was actually supposed to be directing it in May. It's been pushed back because of COVID. So that's next up. And now I've been asked to direct and write um, a reimagining of a classic 80s slasher film. Uh, so I'm going to be doing that next. So I've, after that, I've got a couple. So my focus right now has not been new music. It's been writing screenplays, writing novels, and, uh, and planning on directing these movies. So I don't know when the next album will be, but there's a there's a there's a cue a cue that's not the word I'm looking for a clue as to what it will be and how it will be on this live album and that is the new track prove me wrong um, Napalm wanted a bonus track they asked for some outtakes from for the love of metal we had none and I offered to go and create and write a new song and record a new song and they loved it and so Charlie Bellmore and I wrote prove me wrong and uh, we went in the studio with the band recorded it and more than anything it's a message to the audience that this is what you can expect from Dee Snyder in the future. So I can't tell you right now that it's, you know, in six months um, or 12 months, but I can tell you that for the love of metal, I have, that I, I, I have found my place reconnected with the audience I want to be reconnected with, and, and I'm overjoyed to be playing stuff this heavy uh, at, at this time of my life. It's awesome. 
Amazing. Uh, by the way, I have the Broadway album because not only was I a heavy metal little kid, I was also a theater kid and a theater nerd. But um, <laughs> then you get it. I do get it. It was me. Yeah. It's metal. My it's, sweetie Todd yeah. is brutal. It is. <laughs> so people, yeah. people are missing out on some of that stuff. Sondheim was metal as fuck. By the way, just on credit, just the late, the late Bob Kulick. Yeah, huh? Used that record, played the guitars on that record. Uh, we worked on that very, Rudy Sarzo was on there as well. There's some really talented individuals, but uh, a tip of the hat to the late Bob Kulick, who was very proud of that album. Indeed, rest in peace. Uh, as a last question, D, I could not speak to you right around the birth of our freedom on the 4th of July without talking about the 35th anniversary of you kicking the PMRC's ass uh, on behalf of not just metalheads and rockers, but all of Americans for our freedom. So I had to bring it up. Sorry about the age and the time, but uh, it is 35 years ago. I remember when it happened and being floored then. I'm still floored thinking about it now. Um, no apologies necessary. Uh, not a, at, the, at the time... It wasn't the best career decision for me to accept that invitation. Right. It wasn't the best career decision to put myself out like that. And quite honestly, you know, for the most part, my peers, the music community, and the fans were apathetic. I know there was many of you who were not. You were one of them. But sadly, sadly, the majority were. But it was what I had to do. It was the right thing to do. And over time... Uh, I, I was always proud of it. Over the time, the respect I've gotten for it, uh, I, I tell you that practically a day doesn't go by that somebody doesn't literally walk up and shake my hand and just say thank you. So it's nice that um, historically it meant it's meant something, and that it's, it was with time people re have come to realize, wow, D really put himself out there for the greater good, uh, and I wanted to represent. I wanted to show the world that. Metal is not stupid. It's not accidental. It's 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 and, and it's important. And I remember when that article um, article came out uh, that that metalheads grow up to be better adjusted adults than non-metalheads. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm -hmm. uh, Psychology Today reached out to me, and I said, "Why are you calling me?" They said, "Well, first of all, we think that your appearance at the Senate hearings was the first time." that people went, wait a second, they're not morons? <laughs> that was the first, I said, okay, that's cool. And then secondly, they said, you seem to have your pulse on on the community and understand as an OG metalhead, day one Sabbath, day one Zeppelin, day one Blue Cheer, day one uh, Grand Funk Railroad, day one, it wasn't called metal, it was hard rock, um, understand. And I said, yeah, it is, everybody needs to express and release dark emotions and nothing some hardcore rap i'll give I'll, I'll acknowledge that allows that release the way metal does and it may be angry and it may be hostile at times but at the end of it everybody's sweating and smiling and feeling better because we let it freaking go it's got to go somewhere might as well be in the pit so um so thank you for, you know, appreciating and acknowledging and everybody who does. And uh, I will always, I'm very, very big on, on personal uh, freedoms across the board. As long as you're not infringing on other people's rights, you'll do the fuck what you want. And uh, so I, I will fight that fight till the day I die. Awesome. 
Steve Snyder, heavy metal legend and American hero. Thank you so much for honoring Ghost Cult with your time, man. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, man. Great to talk to you again. And uh, hopefully we'll have something else to talk about in, in the not-too-distant future. I hope so. Thanks so much, D. Take care. All right. Take care. Thanks for checking out today's podcast. Follow, like, and subscribe wherever you hear these podcasts. Also check out Ghost Cult Magazine on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And finally check us out at ghostcultmag.com. We're out. Peace.